check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Transmitting high atop of Florida's peninsula at 108 feet. This is Alpha Mike, and you are listening to episode 229. Today's episode is called Project Greenlight. And we will look at the $300,000 expense from the county of Miami-Dade, and we'll analyze it either as police work or political shenanigans. As always, how do you get in contact with us? Well, it's real easy, RaiderCop.com. Hear all our podcasts from 1 to 229, RaiderCopNation.com, official website. You can get more information about us. How do you hear the podcast? Wherever you hear your own podcast, the one you like the most, you can most likely pick us up there as well, Raider Cop Podcast. We're also on social media with the exception of Twitter and LinkedIn. We got rid of that, both that garbage. But anywhere else, we're fair game under Raider Cop, Raider Cop Podcast, or Raider Cop Nation. You will find us. Today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about what this program is by basically highlighting what the Detroit program has called it. And this program that we're looking at today, the Project Green Light, was first implemented in the city of Detroit in 2016. And it's basically saying that they've done a very uh, successful reduction of crime up to 40%. But basically the take on what this program is, and I'll give you a little heads up on what they say in Detroit. The Detroit Police Department partnered with eight uh, gas stations that have installed real-time camera connections with police headquarters as part of a groundbreaking crime-fighting partnership between local businesses and the city of Detroit, along with the community community groups called Project Greenlight Detroit. The project is the first public-private community partnership of its kind, blending a mix of real-time crime fighting and the community policing aimed at improving neighborhood safety, promoting the renovation and growth of local businesses and Strengthening the Detroit Police Department's efforts to deter, identify, and solve crime. And then it goes on to, you can see the uh, real-time map. Kind of shows you where all these cameras are. So that's basically what we're going to be discussing. This program now, because of an array of shootings in Miami-Dade that have just random shootings, people just doing drive-bys and shooting at people. They've come up with a plan which is described as the Peace and Prosperity Plan, which has three elements, prevention, intervention, and reentry. 
of course, by the new mayor, Levine Cava of Miami-Dade. Now, there's a lot of uh, speculation on this, and there's a lot of eyes opened, ears uh, peeled to the ground, because uh, our new mayor, Levine, Levine Cava, is described as, let's just say, very liberal. And uh, we know where that will take us. So Miami-Dade might be experiencing uh, the first Democratic train wreck like all the rest of the countries, or it may succeed. So the verdict's still out, and we're looking at part of what this plan entails. $300,000 have been allocated for this project. But we'll get more into that in the meat and potatoes. But first, we've got to do, you know and I know, Living in the Bolshevik states of woke under President Joe Cool. The Soviet Union will be pleased to offer amnesty to your wayward vassal. The Soviet Union? I thought you guys broke up. Yes, that's what we wanted you to think. <laughs> Our first story takes us to President Joe Cool and the pressure he's feeling from the left with regards to the voting rights. Article that recently came out on uh, MSN News, Biden facing growing pressure from left over voting rights when New York Democrat Marjorie Jones was at the White House for signing of the proclamation making Juneteenth a national holiday. That's another fiasco. Last week, he told uh, President Joe Biden their party needed him more involved in passing voting legislation on the Hill. In response, Biden just sort of, sort of stared at him. Jones said, describing an awkward silence that passed between the two. In other words, Joe doesn't even know what in the world he's talking about. Because, number one, there is no voting rights. It's all a, sh- a charade and a masquerade. Story number two brings us to Camilla, killing it as well. Queen Camilla has voted the new director of the Office of Personnel Management in the Bolshevik states of woke and her philosophy on critical race theory will be coming to a federal employee near you. And our last story, Dems dead on voting rights, kind of died down, twindled down, no matter how much they beat on Joe Manchin. It looked like he might might side with them at one point, but so far nothing. Democrats have cast in dire terms their push to protect and expand voting rights before the next national election. Failure is not an option, said Senator Majority Chuck Schumer, has repeatedly declared making the often broken vote that leads in both parties assigned to their 
tip-top priorities. This afternoon, Schumer brought up his party's broad election reform bill for an initial procedural vote, and it failed. Dead on arrival, Chuck, you're almost out of gas. So it's dwindling down to nothing. You know, you might say that, well, that sounds like good news. It, it is, but the evil empire of chaos, like on Get Smart, will reevaluate the position and most certainly come back again. We have to be ready for them because more stupidity to follow. As always, in keeping with our tradition, we will also read to you the joke of the week to make you a little bit more jovial as you hear the podcast. So here we go. What did one ocean say to the other ocean? Nothing. It just waved. Don't get nasty with me. I'm just trying to cheer you up. Okay. Word of the week as we start turning our Bibles to... Psalms 834, and the word of the week is, give me a second now, I've got to pull it. Here we go. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is a man that you are mindful of him and the son of man? that you visit him. Psalms chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. More you can always hear on AWOL Monday. We're going to be picking up some of those shows, remember, in the coming month of July. We probably do about two or three a month on a Sunday. And uh, then the rest of the shows, we kind of squeeze in our schedule as we go along. But you can hear more of the Word of God always on every podcast we have. All right, so today, as I said, we have episode 229. It is Project Greenlight. It is from Detroit. Success rate of over uh, 20, 40%, excuse me, over 40% success rate at one point in another. And it basically tells you that the crime rate in Detroit was so high that anything they threw at it, <coughs> it became a reduction. Now, we'll explain in our main theory what exactly that means, um, this program, what, what it could have had aided in bringing that crime uh, statistic down. But uh, again, it was also from the former chief that was there that he was very, in Detroit, uh, he was very critical of some of uh, Democratic leaders. I'm not picking on anyone specifically. But what he did do was present uh, a determination that no matter how he got attacked as chief of police of Detroit, he fought back. And uh, 
he was not going to be a victim of uh, the left in the city of Detroit or in Michigan. So the former chief of police was very um, instrumental in getting uh, this program off the floor, uh, as well as, of course, the men and women of the Detroit Police Department. So Chief uh, James Craig was uh, the chief at the time. He was uh, very forceful in making sure those crime numbers came down. So I would attribute most of that to the men and women of the Detroit Police Department and its former chief as well. Uh, not necessarily the Democratic Party because they did zero to fight crime in the first place. But we're going to look at that much more. If you're thinking about taking gun courses and you're in the Philadelphia area of New Jersey, Kilo Sierra is the guy for you. Up next on our next broadcast, 2.30, Tactical Shooting Handgun, Kilo will go over the basics of that course. It's a little bit more than the novice, but he'll explain how different type courses can go into your array, your toolbox of training in firearms. So if you're in that area, give him a call. His information is on our show notes. If you're in Florida, you can contact myself, Alpha Mike, by going to RaiderCopNation.com. And when it says contact, just tell her, hey, I want gun training in Florida. And let me know where you're at. And if I can't do it, I will certainly get you a good instructor to help you out. And of course, if you're looking for a good gunsmith, who else am I going to recommend? But the man, the myth, the legend, Pistol Pete the Gunsmith down in Miami. It's real easy procedure. I know if you don't live there, don't panic. But if you're anywhere on the United States and you need a gun repair, you got an old gun that's all beat up, all rusted, you want to make it look like new, shoot like new, new trigger, new sights, new everything. Pistol Pete the Gunsmith down in Miami is the guy for you. His information is down on the bottom of the show notes. Give him a call. Pete will break it all down to you. It's real easy. You tell him what you want. He'll tell you what it looks, what it'll look like, and what it will cost. And he'll tell you how easy it is to ship that gun to him, and he'll ship it right back to you when he finishes. Pistol Pete, the gunsmith. All right. It's time to get the short train and the short bus out because we are going to look at episode 229. Project Greenlight. just before we start episode 229 project Greenlight, let me do a little plug-in for the D dominican law enforcement officers of florida on the 14th of july 
between the hours of 8 p.m. and 12 a.m. at the Lincoln's Bearded Brew Company. They will be having uh, a little get-together. You would be supporting, of course, a good cause and a great law enforcement community and group that does a lot of work with the community. The location of the event is at 7360 Southwest, 41st Street, Miami. And you can get more information by going to our Instagram or our Facebook, Raider Cop, or the Dominican uh, Law Enforcement Officers of Florida. That's D-L-E-O-F-L. And plug them up and you'll see more information on this. Don't worry, before you leave, I'll get to tell you all the information all over again so you can leave with a positive mindset. Episode 229, the name of this episode is Project Greenlight, and we are talking about the efforts of Miami-Dade County with an expenditure of $300,000 on this one program. The mayor of Miami-Dade County, uh, Levine Cava has come up with what is called the Peace and Prosperity Provision, which was unanimously voted by the commissioners of Miami-Dade. The three elements of the project or the proposal is prevention, intervention, and reentry. Kind of sounds democratic to me right off the bat because I don't know who's going to be doing the re-entry if nobody goes to prison anymore or jail. But nevertheless, it's on paper. There's huge amounts of money behind this. And so watching this very closely to see if the statistic analysis of crime goes down, up, or the needle never moves. Recently, Miami-Dade, there have been drive-by shootings by individuals that are still being sought out by the police and whether they're related all these incidents or not it is quite coincidental that this is what's happening just innocent people standing around um, they'll drive by lower the window and just let everybody have it and uh, it goes with an agenda as well because as you know the media is screaming Gun control, gun control, gun control. And so this is the response that uh, the community, through their legislative efforts of Miami-Dade and their mayor, has come up with. Today we're going to look at one portion of that provision. We'll later in many, many more episodes look at the rest of the stuff that's on there. So we're going to, let's first start off reading what the county of Miami-Dade and the mayor proposed in the first place. What exactly is in this thing? And I'll read you the summary. And it talks about gun violence is a public health epidemic. Right there, we already know there's an issue with liberal and leftist agenda that only intensifies throughout the pandemic. 2020 saw a 13% increase in homicides from the year prior and 45% increase from 2016. This is in Miami-Dade. 
Nearly one in four victims in 2020 was younger than 21 years old. In response to Directive uh, 210781, directing the county mayor or mayor's designee to establish an anti-gun violence and prosperity initiative plan, we produce our peace and prosperity plan. With input received by commissioners, staff, and community leaders, the administration created uh, this evidence-based and best practices-driven peace and prosperity plan to address the underlying causes of gun violence and poverty. So now we're because you're you're you have poverty, okay? You're prone to using guns and becoming violent. Uh, this has all kinds of smelly uh, agenda on it. In developing this document, we've conducted an exhaustive, detailed review of county resources and national model focused on addressing gun violence, identifying both specific uh, successful interventions that are presently operational in the country, in the county, sorry, and innovative new opportunities worth investment. We also consulted with local and national issue experts in the field of criminology and social work. and reviewed data and trends to illustrate areas of great need. We have historical historic opportunity to deploy $90 million in funding over 19 years in tackling gun violence crisis. The Peace and Prosperity Plan takes a strategy, prevention, intervention, and re-entry approach that looks at the whole child, family, and community with a focus on the neighborhoods most affected and addresses the social and economic disparities at the root of gun violence, targeting resources towards uh, community revitalization, needs, economic insecurity. Through the strategies outlined in the plan, we will work to prevent Gun violence in the hardest impact communities across Miami-Dade and addressing the alarming incident of gun violence in North Dade and stem the escalating violence in South Dade and build safer and more prosperous neighborhoods for all families. And we will leverage collaboration with other communities and government efforts coordinating their new Office of Neighborhood Safety, ONS, to expand the impact of this funding. You know, uh, I, I don't even want to read anymore because it's just toxic with liberal and leftist philosophies. So you got $90 million. You got to attack some real crime issues in the, in the community. And as part of that plan, you contacted a bunch of social workers. This one has to be looked at very closely, my friends. It's success rate or it's failure. We need to identify what these uh, crooked politicians are really up to. 
Now, of course, this is being put up uh, to the police department. They will hang whether this succeeds or fails. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on the police to get this done. But there's one thing I know. You can't take 20 pounds of cow manure and stick it inside a one-pound box. It's not going to work. So you can write a lot of stuff on paper, give absolutely little to no resources, blame the cops, but the evidence speaks volumes. That's why we've got to pay attention to this. So let's get into it. What is this initiative? We've talked about it. Basically, they're going to take $300,000 from tax money in Miami-Dade, and they're going to connect with businesses in high-density crime areas. So that kind of tells you where they're going. What neighborhood would that be? And they're going to put high-speed connection and high-definition cameras networking with these businesses, cleaning them up, making them look good, making them nice and pretty so people can actually uh, visit these establishments. And these cameras are going to give real time to the police department and either the station in the area or headquarters where they can see this stuff. That means people have to monitor this. Okay, if I put a camera and that camera is a crime prevention tool 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there has to be somebody watching it on the other end. So that already is going to be not uh, cost-related towards a economic intelligent program. So they're going to throw money at the problem. Um, let's just say that. So what can these cameras do? Well, they pick up a lot of evidence. But I learned early on in my career when I once took a course of uh, a field use of force for supervisors, it was called. And it was given by a renowned uh, chief of police that also did monitoring of police agencies that had civil rights cases against them by the Department of Justice. And uh, he would show us in this course that I took a lot of film where there would be tussles and different angles and you basically had to give a description of what you thought you saw. And most of the time, uh, most of the people were getting it wrong on first appearance of one camera view, one camera angle. Later, they, after you know, you wrote down your observation, he'd show you the different can, camera angles where you got much more intelligence but that first camera angle uh, would mislead you if you didn't see the other ones. So what this 
camera situation will do will provide some type of evidence for law enforcement. But there is no such thing as a hot gotcha on camera, you're done. You got to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. So it's the beginning. Now, cameras need lighting, which is most important, especially if it's a dark area. And you're going to need sufficient lighting, cameras, and, uh, of course, the high-speed connection, which all that translates into constant maintenance because you can't install that stuff and three years later think it's all running properly without uh, issues and without proper maintenance. So more money is going to be on, on that area. But the cameras are going to help considerably. Don't get me wrong. Now, if I'm a bad guy and there's a lot of lights, a lot of cameras in one specific or several specific areas of my city that are run down and in uh, let's just say minority neighborhoods with high crime, I might be susceptible to go somewhere else. Wouldn't I? So, this is going to be interested, interesting because in Detroit it worked, but Miami-Dade is, is a county that has over 30 municipalities all mixed up, all in one little geographical area so there's going to be a lot of politicking as a result maybe not as much that, that there was in Detroit but we'll see initiative for businesses they're going to get and they're going to be helped to subsidize some of the cost which basically translates to all the cost and Companies or businesses, you know, you, you see it on the news all the time when they show the footage. And we have footage from the the convenience store, the gas station, and you can't see anything. It's black and white, all fuzzy. You can't even see the bad guy. It's awful cameras. So they're going to get, you know, the high-tech stuff. And uh, But it's going to come out of the taxpayer's bill. But, you know, you got to put this on paper that there's an initiative for businesses. So again, uh, if it doesn't do what it's scripted to do and you keep it, your objective was never crime, but to pander. I didn't say that in this case. I'm just giving you a definition. Detroit, the program reduced crime by 40%, as we said, and I attribute that to the former chief, James Craig. He was very proactive. He pushed back constantly on the Democrats and the left, wasn't going to be part of the stupidness and the foolishness, and uh, I salute him wholeheartedly. He, um, I believe, did uh, 20-something years in LAPD, from Detroit, if I, if I remember correctly, became a police officer there and then went to Los Angeles and someplace else and then eventually went back to Detroit. 
So he um, he put Detroit Police Department back on the map because they were they were done about five six years ago. They were done. I mean, cops from Detroit were running down to Florida as fast as their feet could take them. That's how bad it was. The government up there destroyed their their ability to earn and their pension plans. But that's another story for another day. All right, so can this issue, this program, lead to constitutional issues? Well, this is a leftist dream come true that you have all these cameras and you have control and you can watch all this stuff. So yes, there could be problems constitutionally with all these cameras. Now, remember with the red light cameras and proponents for that would tell you this is foolproof. There's nothing you can do. And it slowly started to die all over the nation because private industry was behind the red light camera issues. But there were so many legal holes in it. Of course, government legislations pass it because it was a money-producing event. Anything that the lobbyists, when they come around like the little elves that they are, bringing and bearing gifts. And a decade later, uh, these red light cameras were being thrown out in court, a lot of these cases. There was a, a, well, several judges in my area that I currently live in, in Tampa Bay area, that just refused to hear the cases. The cases would come up, and they would tell them, Your Honor, uh, the next 52 cases deal with red light. Dismissed. Next. Because he said he wasn't going to do it. Now, the reason this specific judge would not hear these court, court cases is because the court was determined that the way the statute was written, it says that on um, in Florida, I know, pay attention, because some of you uh, northerners up you guys don't do this. You're not allowed to. But you can do it in Florida. You can make a right turn on red as long as it's prudent. There's no oncoming traffic and so forth. So the red light camera issues were just about that. And the judge could not determine because there was not a camera looking down the street before the car made the right turn, if there's even a car coming. So the law said a prudent turn. They didn't specify what prudent was. Case dismissed. Get this garbage out of here. And that's the end of that. So as it started to fall around, part in parts of Florida eventually caved in all over the place. Oversight. Without clear-cut oversight of this program or any Democratic city or Republican city or county that follows suit, this is doomed. It needs oversight and very vigorous oversight. As to the amount of money being spent, $90 million in inception, and how much to keep it on uh, life support systems afterwards. What is the success rate? 
and what are the abuses is what the oversight committee needs to really, really have a voice. Not just a bunch of parrots that say, the mayor told me to say it was good. It was good. They really need oversight. So we are going to have more, more, more on this one initiative because they are quite a bunch of things that are on uh, this plan. It's just not this. Uh, and I've, I've, you know, I've written them down. Or, I mean, there's going to be a lot of stories on just this one thing. We'll probably go into it over over the year. That's how many things that we're, we're we've got on the agenda. Uh, for example, they throw money at some of these things, and we're going to look at it. And uh, the CAHSD Violent Prevention and Intervention Division. What is that? There's another good one. Stop Street Terror Offenders Program. Right? And they love to throw acronyms out there. Stop. That's the name of the program. So we, there's a bunch of them. There's like 20 of them. We're going to look at them. We're going to discuss them. And we're going to follow as the time goes on. Are these things, is it working? Or is this all show smoke and mirrors? We will be doing that. All right. As I said, I'm going to give another uh, selfless plug to my friends over at the Dominican Law Enforcement Officers of Florida. They've got a an event coming up that will help them if you support them. If you can't go and you, you just like to support them and donate to them, you can. I'll put their website on the bottom of the show notes so you can do that. But it's back to blue. Uh, it's a call for first responders and military personnel to support. And all proceeds of that they uh, get from this event, or if you donate online, will go to the Dominican Law Enforcement Officers of Florida.org to support troubled youth and families in need. So it's a good opportunity to give back, and I've really enjoy um, helping this organization. Not remember, not too long ago, maybe about three months ago. Or so I interviewed their president, and I. You know, always at the call of any nonprofit law enforcement organization that needs uh, a voice or support. So I'm here for them as well. That's their uh, dinner or function is going to be held the 14th of July between the hours of 8 p.m. and 12 a.m. at the Lincoln's Bearded Brew Company, which is located in Miami at 7360 Southwest 41st Street. And for more information, you can go to the Dominican Law Enforcement Officers of Florida's website, and their link will be on the bottom of our show notes. We are coming towards the end of the month. I did tell you about July Looking forward to a lot of the stuff that we've got lined up 
for the month of July and for the rest of the summer. We're still uh, setting up the human trafficking episodes that we discussed. And, of course, we're still in the Wise Guy series dealing with the Lucchese crime family, which will be for the remainder of the year and part of next year. And then we'll transition from the Lucchese crime family to the Genovese crime family. So by the time we finish our little Lucchese uh, course, of you'll get a master's degree on, on the Lucchese crime family. And uh, so follow us on that. Tactical shooting and anything firearms related, myself and Kilo Sierra will be coming up twice a month as well. And the AWOL Monday series or AWOL series where you can pick up the word of God that launches every Sunday. We're always launching Sunday nights and Wednesdays uh, of every week. So two programs a week. So you keep in tune with us. So as I said, up next, episode 230 is going to be a tactical shooting handgun, myself and Kilo Sierra. And I look forward to bringing that to you. As always, it is my honor and pleasure to be your host on Radio Cop Podcast. Continue to pray for yourself because without you in the game, we have nothing. Continue to pray for your family, your community, for the law enforcement agencies that serve you. And most importantly, continue to pray for the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm out.